Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today I'm going to talk about two topics. One is a breathing exercise to do to prepare yourself for stressful moments with your horse when you're hauling or maybe pre-jitters for competition as well as ways to calm your horse down if they're nervous hauling to new places or just before your competition run. In addition to that today, I'm also going to cover horses basics, the foundation they should have before you ever start teaching them the barrel pattern and definitely before you start competing on them. So starting with um, hauling a horse and having anxiety, um, a really good way to get yourself in your zone because ultimately we want to hear in the end result of our, our training ourselves to become top competitors with our horses, our end result goal is to hear the new time to beat or the winner is and your name followed behind it. But for many of us, we also have to learn to enjoy the journey and focus on that because I think the reason why those two sentences mean so much to us when we finally hear them is because we know everything that went on in the background into the, the moments leading to that day, whether it was the little girl that got a pony at eight years old or the adult woman when she got her first truck and horse trailer, even if it was a small truck and a small horse trailer and your first horse and you were hauling out of your driveway, whether you boarded a horse or had your own farm and you thought life couldn't get any better than this. But it did. You trained more horses and you got bigger trucks and trailers and you won bigger events. And, you know, the journey is where where it comes to. So whether your journey is just beginning or you're in the middle or you're somewhere at the end, it, it's awesome to have goals and to have dreams that you chase. So with that in mind, um, a good way to prepare yourself with your horse when you start hauling. God knows um, some horses just taking them to a practice arena. You can see your life flash before your eyes. So a way to be certain if your horse is working good at home is your foundation, your basics. So here's some things that you want to make sure you have on your horse and then we'll get back to how to handle their emotions and your emotions and how to train for it at home and during the week so that when you do haul, you're ready. But first of all, um, some really important things to have in your horse on the ground, okay? First of all, we'll talk about ground slightly and then we'll talk about the saddle, but you have to have principles that you stand by in your training. All right, we know horses are herd animals. They respect the pecking order, alpha mare, you know, that type of thing. They also um, are lazy by nature. They're going to travel and eat and drink and sleep and and all that. Their herd, you know, very much love their herd. So when it comes to you, your principles, you need to have certain things in your mind of how you're going to work with your horse, with the way that they see things. They work off body language, emotion. They work in the moment, they don't think ahead or behind. They're just in the moment. So 
When you're working with your horse, the idea of making the right thing easy and the wrong thing hard is a principle that I, I definitely work with. So if I give my horse a chance to give me a yes answer, that's another principle of mine. I apply pressure. I'll ask as light as I can. I'll ask again, and then I'll take it with more pressure. And then when I get the right answer, the pressure goes away. The horse gets to rest no pressure and possibly petted or told good job. So those are a couple principles that I stand by. Another principle is education. I don't believe in putting the cart in front of the horse. I believe you have to teach them like a child in school. You can't go from elementary school to college. You've got to go first grade, second grade on through, you know, A to Z. Don't skip, don't skip things because that's when it comes back to bite you. So with that in mind, starting with your groundwork, it's very important that you can lunge your horse, whether it's free lunging in a a round pen or on a lunge line, both are beneficial. Um, Free lunging, you can get the horse to join up with you and want to come to you to be rested and petted. Um, Lunge line work is important because you may need to do that for a vet to do a lameness evaluation. You may want to do that before you get on them at a new arena or on the trail. Um, So a horse that can go left and right at a walk, trot, and canter on cue, as well as woe off your voice and change of body language is very important from the ground because that will apply into the saddle, as well as yielding their front end around their back end and their hind end around their front end by focusing on you and yielding with pressure, I mean with energy before pressure. So those are important things. A horse that will back off of a light aid, preferably a hand cue or energy before you have to touch, but obviously when it starts and horses that are maybe more pushy or spoiled are gonna require more aggressive uh, cues or more assertive cues. Um, they should also give to pressure and come forward. All of those things will come into hand when you're trailer loading your horse and things like that. That's another thing you do want to do with them. You want to make sure that they tie and they trailer. I use tie rings or tie clips when I'm teaching to tie. I even prefer them throughout their life just to keep them safe from hurting themselves if they do set back from getting scared of something because we know that horses are you know, they're preyed upon, they're, you know, used to things chasing them. So their instinct is going to be to flee before they fight. So we want to work with those principles as well, understanding how they react. And we want to teach them how to handle their emotion in place and not spook. So that's going to be another big part of it. Um, That's going to be part of the desensitizing and sensitizing. We're always doing one or the other with our horses. Sensitizing them when we ask them to put their head down or yield their head left to right and calm down from the ground and bring their head to their, you know, saddle stirrup or to their side. That will be a nice calming cue. Um, You know, backing and forward. All of that is sensitizing, lunging left, right, um, and you know, all of those are sensitizing things, but you're also going to want to desensitize as well as part of your principles. And that can happen with brushes and clippers and bags and slickers and ropes and blankets and whips, anything that your horse has to smell and then allow you to touch them all over their large muscle parts. And then their more vulnerable parts after that legs, stomach, head, 
also to be able to do it uh, like over their head like helicopter with a, a whip or a plastic bag um, slapping it on the ground swinging a rope around them because that's going to happen when you go to rodeos with calf ropers and such around so those are all things to consider um, you want to be a proactive rider not a reactive rider an example of that is a horse that wants to crowd you that horse um, it's important that you instead of just you know smacking them and ask them to get out of your spot that way space that way you could um, yield them and lunge them so if they're crowding you on the left you make them lunge off to the right do the opposite of what what they want to do but getting them to wear what you want them to do you want them to stand and stay out of your space so they don't want to they want to crowd your space so you just ask them to lunge a few times around you and then say okay ask you to woe again if you stay out of my space I'm gonna let you rest if you don't you're gonna lunge again and again going the opposite way of the direction they're crowding you so um, those are all things to be considered on the ground. So once you have a really respectful, well-mannered horse, it's not afraid of the tools that you're going to use. Everything from your saddle pad to saddles, cinches, everything that you use should not be scary to them. They should understand it's just a tool to do your job in the extension of your arm or your body, whatever you're planning to use with them. So all of that should be done safely from the ground. It's also good to know you have buttons on the ground so that when you get in the saddle, it won't seem so strange to them. They'll understand, oh, this is the same thing as what she does on the ground, just slightly different, he or she. So then when we get in the saddle, the very first thing we want to teach them from a standstill is face flexing. Laterally, of course, first, because that's easier. So we want to teach our horse to flex left and right, just like on the ground. You want to wait for that nice soft give with their nose all the way to your foot. And in the beginning, maybe you can only get one second, one inch. But eventually you'll get further and further without the feet moving at a standstill. When they can do that, then you're going to try for the vertical flexion. And after you master that, you need to get it at a walk. You need to get it at a trot and a lope. And lateral could take 30 days. Vertical could take 60 days. So every horse is different and it depends on how many rides you get in. So when I say days, I mean rides. So every horse learns at different paces and depends too as the rider, how well they're understanding the idea of applying pressure and releasing for a yes answer. So those are things to consider. Once you get really solid on the face, we're looking at the five body parts, okay? We have face, neck, shoulder, ribs, and hip. We want control of all of those things. So once we have some control of the face, we want leg laterals. Can we move the shoulder over and do a X through the arena? Um, can we, you know, make it look like an S where they give nose and shoulder and kind of do serpentines or like pull bending, okay? Can we disengage their hindquarters with a one rein stop? Can we um, do rollbacks? How about counter arcing? That's a wonderful thing for suppling a horse, getting more control of the face and the shoulders. Um, can we back a straight line? Can we back a circle? Can we back nine steps straight with give and take for each step? Transitions. Can you walk fast on a loose rein and then sit and play a little contact with your body and your rein and get a very slow collected walk? Can you post trot on a loose rein? 
or face flex left and right and then sit and they slow and apply your rein and they break in the pole and those then three things happen when you sit jog one they break in the pole two they shorten their stride and three they shift their hindquarter their weight to their hindquarters which then lifts that top line okay so all of these things need to be happening before you ever attempt to educate your horse on the pattern or to add speed on the pattern which is a whole nother education in itself so um in addition to that, leads are important. A good way to teach leads is with your leg laterals, um, setting them up for a lead departure and not taking it. But I love to start with figure eights with simple transitions in the middle. So I may break to a post trot in the middle and then ask for the right lead in my figure eight, break to a post trot in the middle and then ask for my left lead in the left part of my figure eight. So those are important to know. Flying lead changes isn't so important. Um, They'll figure that out as they start going, but knowing how to pick up a lead from a cue is very important. Not only picking up a lead in a circle, but from a straight line as well. That's why figure eights is a good way to do it because you're coming off a straight line into a circle and it can sometimes be easier than just a straight line. So straight lines can be taught from a corner of an arena before it's just from a straight line. And go from a walk to a canter is harder than going from a a trot to a canter. So a lot of horses want a walk, trot, canter. And ideally, you would be nice to get it from a walk to a lope or walk to a canter right right off the bat. But again, that's all education and it takes time. Having a horse give to pressure, move away from pressure with your hands and your legs is very important. Whether it's a direct rein, a combination rein, a neck rein, working off of your body. Um, Again, when we're training our horses, it should be 80% body. That's your eyes, your face, your shoulders, your hips, your belly button, your upper thighs your body you know and then your hands is only two percent your legs from your knee down is about 18 percent so that's calves and and your feet so um you want to think like that when you're training your horse can i do most of this stuff from my eyes my energy my body back it up with my legs talking and my hands whispering Um, Those are all important things to consider as well. Can I get a loose rein woe? That's so important. Just like on the ground, they knew what woe meant without bumping the rope. You can ask them to woe in the saddle without picking up your reins. And that's something that they should know because you're going to need that for rate when you start coming to those barrels so you don't have to be in their face. Um, Loose rein riding is important. Can I walk on a loose rein without them running off on me can I trot on a loose rein without them loping off on me can I lope on a loose rein without them running off with me that's important too and that just takes time and not always doing their job for them you have to remember that training a horse in the beginning may feel 80 20 you're doing most of the work and then as you start to progress it becomes 60 40 you're asking them to do something they do it then you trust them to do it like a go cue. You ask them to go, they go. You ask them to rate, they rate. You ask them to turn, they turn. Or you ask them to soften, they soften. That's how that should work. So then, um, once you're getting to, from 60-40, one glorious day, it finally is 50-50. That's when you know you're ready for more education, like 
going faster on the barrels. Um, and again, that's another process of education with the speed as they learn drills, maneuvers, and the pattern. So again, we are just talking about basics and foundation that you need in order to do drills, maneuvers, and the pattern slow and fast with the buttons and the handle on a horse that will make their life and your life much happier. Okay. So, um, with that said, you would also want to always start with your lightest amount of pressure. For instance, in your hands, you would start with your pinky first and then maybe two fingers from your middle, your ring finger to your middle finger, three fingers and four fingers to your pointing finger till you go and your thumbs are pointed up, but then your pinky, um, twists under your wrist twists under where your pinky comes towards you. So, um, you start with your lightest pressure and increase until you get a yes answer. You may start with one pound. You may quickly go from one pound to 10 pounds. If you ask light, ask light, then take it. And of course, release on the lightest give. You'll also want to sack your horse out in the saddle. Um, you'll want to sack them out with, uh, slickers and ropes and whips and banners, anything they may see, you know, when you're out riding dogs, um, motorcycles, four-wheelers, just remember that that's all a very important part of their training is sacking them out in the saddle as much as you did on the ground. Again, it's all about desensitizing and sensitizing. We want to teach them to spook in place. That's very important. Um... So those are all really good basics to have on your horse. You would um, want to practice them at a, a walk first and not move up to a trot until you've mastered it. Obviously, teach it at a standstill. Some things require to teach it at a standstill. Then don't move to the next speed until they've accomplished it. Um, as far as rein length, I like split reins for my slow work, but if you're not comfortable with them, you can use short reins. Um, just remember if you're using competition rein length, which means when your chin strap's engaged, it's barely touching your saddle horn. Unless the horse has a very high head, then it may even be shorter than that and they get very collected when they lope circles. Um, pat behind your horn is going to be too long for competition, um, but where your chin strap's engaged at a standstill, right in front of your horn is usually a good um, rein length. But again, that's for competition. At walk trot, they may put you in their face too much and make you lean forward too much. So um, when you're sit jogging, it's very important that your shoulders, hips, and heels are lined up, that you're sitting on the pockets of your pants and even softening your ribs into your hips. You want to sit deep, use your booty to get your horse to use their booty. You cannot be leaning over their shoulders and withers and expecting them to be using their hindquarters. It just doesn't work that way. So a horse should mirror you, and um, that's why you want to be really aware of your rider's cues and make sure that your equitation is correct. So centered riding is really, really important no matter the discipline. Foundation is very important no matter the discipline, and that is one thing that doesn't change. Nobody's ever going to complain about a horse being too soft, too light, too responsive. They certainly will complain about a horse that's too pushy, too rude, and too um, heavy, okay? So um, so with all of that in your mind, um, get those basics solid 
and then once those basics are solid you can start applying them to different drills and maneuvers and know how well you and your horse communicate together you know you can start walking and trotting the pattern once you have a solid foundation and then I wouldn't start loping the barrels until I could do some of the TLC drills really well at a canter like spirals or big and little D big and small D um, you know maybe single barrel large circle into a small circle and keep my collection my momentum you know things like that would be very important before you start loping the pattern definitely knowing their leads um, that type of thing so so anyhow I hope that helps you on um, horses foundation but let me go ahead and go back to where we started and challenge you with a drill we all know about those butterflies we get in our stomach so I would challenge you to get yourself in your mental zone there have been times in my life where I knew my horse and I were going to lay down a run when we were warming up I had the feeling that we were very connected and we were both in our zone I visualized my smooth run I was breathing my horse was relaxed and focused on me as we approached the alleyway I exhaled thought about riding to my spots and cleared my mind and we were just connected and laid down a great run there's nothing that feels better than running down the alleyway and and feeling that fire in your horse and then when you sit they come back to you and snap that barrel and practically put paint on your pants and then drive out and fire as hard as they can to the next barrel and wrap that barrel and then fire out and wrap that third barrel and then you're running for home you don't even have to hear the announcer call your time you're already smiling because you know you just had a great run with your horse and then just hearing the new time to beat or you know the time is just icing on the cake but but horses can bring tears to our eyes out of pure joy sometimes and they can bring tears to our eyes out of pure frustrations at times but one thing that you really want to practice is getting yourself up and bringing yourself back down so when you feel yourself getting up start breathing in count slowly to five and then exhale counting slowly to ten and exhale and count because it'll clear your mind you won't be thinking about too many things you won't be overthinking your run or worried about outside things that do not matter just get focused on your breathing when you're riding your horse and you feel them getting spooked um, let's say you have a hot horse just warm them up away from everything and then tie them back to the trailer and let them settle then when you get back on just you know tighten your boots and your cinch and and maybe just walk circles right by your arena where they're I mean by their horse trailer where they're relaxed and maybe don't go up to the arena until one drag out and then if they can't stand and maybe face flex to relax then maybe walk small circles if that works better for them but all the while you're doing your breathing exercises you're clearing your mind you visualized a good run before and you're just breathing and counting and relaxing and telling them easy those are all very very important things to work on if you're hauling your horse and you're worried you're gonna mess them up because they're just a nervous wreck 
realize that some horses are gonna always be chickens in horse suits. My Briscoe was probably the craziest, wildest horse I ever got in my barn after hundreds of horses. She was three years old and bucked with the saddle for 30 days. Everyone that came over said, are you really gonna ride her? <laughs> she came from Texas. I bought her sight unseen off a picture in her papers and a vet check. So she was mine. I had to, but that mare did not trust anybody and she was afraid of everything. I had to desensitize her to stuff every single day for months and then once a month after that for years. She was just that kind of horse. She was claustrophobic. She was afraid. She had a lip tattoo like she, they were going to race her on the track, but they didn't. And I'm probably thinking they didn't because she didn't handle the racing shoots with all the other horses and the claustrophobic of it all and the excitement of it all. So that mare took many years for me to earn her trust. And to this day, if horses are loping straight at her or dogs, I have to have my leg on her or she's going to roll back and run the other direction. She's that much of a chicken. But I know her so well. I know all her ways of her being fractious. It doesn't mean I failed her. I've brought her a long way from where she was, but that's just who she is. So don't feel you failed your horse if you can't make them be like your other horse calm and relaxed and nothing bothers them because it's no different than people some people love to talk some people are shy some people are brave some people are more timid some people want to jump out of a plane with a parachute other people don't even like to fly so you cannot cookie cut and don't feel like you failed them if you haul them and they're scared lunge them before you get on walk them around on foot um face flex them before you get on when you get on walk tiny circles until they're relaxed walk around doing uh, stopping or backing or loose walking and collected walking leg laterals just keep them focused on a cue walk from one end of the arena to the next and do a circle or figure eights but keep them focused on cues if you keep them relaxed and focused on a cue, they'll have less time to look at all the boogeymen and be scared. Know your horse. Briscoe never wanted to see what was behind the curtain, meaning I didn't let her know what was going on in the rodeo arena before the rodeo. I just kept her away from everything and brought her up right when it was time for her to run. And that was it. She didn't want to know. She did better if she just went in the arena and did her barrels and came back out. But then I had other horses that you could you know, ride them in the um, grand entry and it didn't phase them. So again, you need to know your horse and what they can and can't handle and just work with them. You don't have to, you don't have to win every battle. You just have to meet them in the middle. So I hope this was a good podcast for you. I went a little longer than normal, but there's a lot to getting a horse solid with foundations and there's a lot to your mental anxiety and theirs and um, the more buttons and more bond and relationship you have the better things are gonna go so thank you for tuning in and um, if you're interested in joining I have a Facebook membership group and um, we do a lot of training in there every day and coaches eyes slow reviews so feel free to join just reach out to me at Tina Spangler TLC Barrels on Facebook, YouTube, or right here on this podcast. Thank you.